Hello and welcome to CLD Talks. I'm Stephanie Thompson and today I'm joined by the founder and director of She Scotland, Karen Anderson. We did a really insightful conversation about the history of She Scotland, Karen's own journey to start an organisation, She Scotland going international and the challenges and opportunities for girls and women in Scotland today. I really hope you all enjoy and here's Karen Anderson. Um, so Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to come along and be on CLD Talks today. Um, if you could just tell us a wee bit about yourself and the background of She Scotland. Uh, yeah, uh, Karen Anderson, uh, project founder uh, and director of She Scotland. Kind of like it's my baby, I suppose, in some ways. Um, but yeah, I've been uh, graduated for 15 years. I did a CLND Comed, as I fondly call it, um, degree in Edinburgh, um, and was working before that. Prior to that, uh, working, uh, well, I suppose as an activist in my local area, but also working in local, local organisations. Um, and then I was a girls' development worker at uh, Citadel Youth Centre in Leith, and I kind of had a dream. <laughs> Sounds a bit Martin Luther King, <laughs> but I had a dream. Uh, about she Scotland and um, and at the same time I was being um, I was learning to be a life coach and one of the things that we talk about in life coaching is is how to reach my goals and my personal goals mm-hmm. and I kind of was at a point where I felt um, the stuff that I was doing and the support work I was doing for the girls and young women that I worked with wasn't enough um, and I know that women feel like that all the time, that what we do is not enough. But I genuinely felt like these are young women and girls that are facing quite extreme things. And then mm-hmm. because I had that insight into their family life, I realised that their female caregivers were the same, their parents and their mums and, and all that kind of thing, and their grannies. And I just thought, oh, my God, like they, these young women are no very far away from how I was when I was young. Um and so, again, because I was being coached at the same time, uh, I thought when I had this like light bulb moment about She Scotland, um, I thought, I wonder if I could set up my own organisation for females. I wonder if I could be my own boss. And then through that process, I was like, I could be my own boss. I definitely think like I'm bossy enough. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Um, but I think so, Kimo, I, I think that that's something that's frustrated me for many years is how because of funding or because it because of the setup of the organization or the tasks or the job that you were doing, I kind of always felt as though like I was frustrated, you know, in mm-hmm. that way. Um, so I so set up She Scotland. And do you think the, the life coaching side of things gave you that bit of self-belief for, to that kind of turning point where you went, no, actually, I, I could be mum boss? Do you think that was coming into play? Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I worked with a life coach called uh, Michelle Armstrong and she and she wouldn't mind me telling her that she did. Just because she just was, she was so supportive of me as an individual and it kind of made me think about the women that had been in my life you know friends or colleagues or family members that that kind of supported me and wanted me to be the best that I could be um and then I thought do you know what I could right let's let's go let's leave the citadel let's leave a full-time post and quite a substantial salary at that point and and have no salary, Karen, and just 
go for it because you know you have dreams and wishes and mm-hmm. and all of that and uh I it was it was a steep learning curve can I just say but it was probably the best decision that decision I ever made to and be that, honest that and that can be really scary and really daunting but sometimes that's when the best things come out of don't they when you're in, mm-hmm. in that position yeah. as well yeah I have a I have a uh, saying that kind of came about from the coaching that I did and it's um, it's called she flies with her own wings um I have it actually tattooed I'll not show you it was on the back of my neck <laughs> it's um and that's what I wanted you know that's what the coaching and the support and all that mm-hmm. enabled me to do was to fly with my own wings mm-hmm. you know to 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 create something that was something that I felt as though I would have benefited from it um, and that's really where she was born, was that mm-hmm. feeling of bringing together women that had a similar passion and a similar um, ethos and values, is that mm-hmm. we wanted to create a better world for the females around us, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and females that were born off us as well, do yeah. you know what I mean? So. Yeah. And it's interesting you've said as well about um, being kind of, I don't know if inspired so word to use, but inspired and uplifted by the women round about you, whether that's family members or friends, because I think sometimes um, women empowerment something that's kind of sold to us or packaged to us these days, which is a capitalism. Um, but actually, a lot of the time, if you look at your close relationships, that's that's where it can be. And a lot of the time, we, we come across a lot of young people that, that don't maybe have that in the same, the same structures and ways. Yeah, and that's really what she kind of embodies in some ways she is the organization that or the person that I needed when I grew up she is the person I wanted it to be created in a way that provided that support and ambition and valuing and all of the things that didn't get me wrong it kind of makes me sound like I had a really bad childhood but but I grew up in your house yeah. an area in Edinburgh which probably very much like the day where females knew their place Mm. And their place was behind the shop counter or in the cleaning or bringing up bearings and, and, and all that. And mm-hmm. that's what I believed was my place, you know, and that's, I never really kind of questioned it. But when I started being around other females, because I used to be an admin worker for community education okay. in the area. Um, and I, I was around women that I was like inspired by and in awe of mm-hmm. because they were like, they were champion causes. They were supporting community activism in their community, in my community. They were asking me my opinions about being a young mum and growing up in an, an area of deprivation. And I thought, that's, you know, for the first time probably, and God love my parents who are now past now, but that was the first time I really felt as though anybody asked my opinion about anything. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that's really powerful. Probably wish we had to me up, but... but <laughs> what I wanted that's what I want from she I want us as an organization as individuals within that to to ask people what their opinion is and and that's what youth works about isn't it that's what youth works about is is, it's no teaching somebody it's helping them to teach themselves Mm -hmm. and to understand in themselves a little bit more so um, and it's funny because Craig Royston High School which is still an area that I live I've not really moved that up just went in a big circle in northwest mm-hmm. North Edinburgh. But um, it was one of the first high schools that I went and approached with she because I thought, do you know what? This was my school. 
Mm-hmm. And this is where I was not, you know, valued. I was not encouraged to be ambitious. I was not encouraged to be anything other than, you know, like a secretary or whatever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to impact on those girls and young women in my community and the women that, that were around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I went straight back into Craig Royston and said, hey, guess what? We've got an organisation that can do that. I always think um, you've really reminded me of that saying that you can't be what you can't see and I think that's really important in community work and youth work is kind of from what you're saying about your own experiences it's like that that part of you hadn't been unlocked because you didn't necessarily know you could be that I hadn't saw that and it's not until you're surrounded by those women that you encounter doing your admin role that you're like oh hold on a minute here like (laughs) you know and I think that's really powerful as well. I mean, you talk about empowerment, I think, you know, as individuals or as educators or whatever role we play, we we didn't empower people. We can't empower anybody, but we can create the circumstances on the environment where they can look within and go, oh, my God, I, you know, what do you mean? I could, like, I could do that. I could learn that. I could be that. You know, and, and that's what empowerment for me is, is just that light bulb moment of thinking, I have something like that would be a value. You know what I mean, and, and I think that's what creates that creates that empowerment. Um, Can I ask? Does she stand for something? Yeah, it stands for social health and education. Um, so again, this dream. I was working doing a creative project project at the time at the Citadel, and we were doing. Um, where you, where you cut out different texts and different fonts and stuff like that. And then we were laying it on and, and doing a, like a kind of, like a negative of it, you know what I mean? And creating uh, bags and stuff like that. Um, and the SHE was in the middle of this kind of random collection of words and, and all that kind of thing. And I thought, she... And at the same time, I had been... I had had the discussions with my coach and had been having mm-hmm. discussions with, like with my husband, like if I leave a job <laughs> and just start my end, and I think, would that be all right? And like, mm-hmm. we manage and stuff like that. Um, and I just couldn't get rid of this word, she. And I just thought, that's what it's going to be called. And, and it's called She Scotland. And again, Scotland, not just a name, but an aspiration because, you know, the, the community that I grew up in is all over the place. Do you know what I mean? Like, so these women and young women and all of that are everywhere. Yeah. So it's not necessarily something, it's not necessarily even a class thing, although class is really important. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, what we do tends to be, um, you know, with schools that are, you know, in areas of deprivation or kind of young women who kind of are, are behaving in a way that highlights the fact that they might have low self-esteem and confidence. But it can be delivered everywhere. So so what type, that brings us on nicely, what type of programmes and events do you facilitate at She Scotland? Um, I think we've evolved over the last four years, I think. Um, initially, um, I wanted to create programmes that were very similar to how I created in, this, in the Citadel, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, about training up young women and women to deliver programs to other girls and young women. And those programs were all about 
self-esteem, confidence, peer relationships, um, and encouraging them to their confidence around their peers and, and especially in uh, classrooms. Because a lot of the times when I was working with girls and young women, that's where the most issues came from, came from classrooms and peer relationships and relationships with males and you know what I mean it just was all very complicated mm-hmm. um so I wanted to go back into those spaces and support them to to understand those spaces and understand those relationships so the circle time program started in primary schools um and I fondly call it circle time because I remember circle time in school in primary mm-hmm. like circle always felt like it's a really good thing it always um, makes me think of those big colourful parachute things and stuff circle time like all the, all the fun stuff that you can remember from primary school just associate yeah. with circle time well that's exactly why I called I called it circle time because it associated that's what I associated yeah. it with kind of well so I mean like if your schools have not changed that much but um and then the stuff with the high school was about looking deeper into some of these issues some of the issues around peer relationships sexual relationships um kind of just looking at the way we are you know and, and how what impacts on us how do we impact on others um and over the last year our circle time program and our high school program has evolved into circle time for primary school and community so we run circle time i in in the community as well okay. and then mind body and soul is our as our high school program um so that's where it is but we also work and this is what i was talking about evolving we also work with women because mm-hmm. one of the things i think that was the beauty and it's, it's kind of what i spoke about at the beginning is about bringing women together as soon as you're bringing women together it's like it's a bit like a coven. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like what you kind of think. Do you know what I mean? The magic can happen. Absolutely magic can happen um, to individuals, to the group, to the environment, to your community, to your to their children. And, and um, so we brought women together to train up to help me deliver because I never set up she to be a one-woman band because mm-hmm. otherwise that would be the same as I, I was in the Citadel. Do you know what I mean? Feeling like I was, like, how can I do that? Because there's only me and how can I do that? So we wanted to create what I fondly call a charmy, a she army of women. Charmy, I love it. <laughs> of sheroes of, you know, just kind of, just women who I believed had something to give, you know, that they, and my job was to support them, to believe that they had something to give and mm-hmm. to train them in the tools and the methods that we would that we would deliver. Um, and then from that, we got. We were working with Edinburgh College and Lynn McGraw there at Edinburgh College, who does the adult returners groups and stuff. She came on board, and we created She Mentoring. So we created uh, an SQA award that uh-huh. that meant that we could then train up women to mentor, mm-hmm. formally mentor other girls and other women in the community. So that's what we. That's what we. Uh, you know, we do other things as well, but that's predominantly what we do. But it's that kind of peer support and peer education at every kind of age and stage. But it sounds of it, you know, you're starting off in primary schools right through secondary, right through like official mentoring qualifications. You know, it's kind of that seems to be. Yeah, and I think that. Yeah, and I think as well, what happens, and, and again, suppose maybe sign of the times, but is that we're now kind of moving into employability, which I really I hate the term employability, but. From the point of view of understanding that for some young people, they're not at the stage where 
they couldn't they could even think about employment or training yeah. or education or whatever because of many different reasons but predominantly because of low self-esteem low confidence no being valued lack of aspirations you know or not being listened to about their aspirations or not being enabled for their aspirations so we've been working hand in hand with um, developing young workers and other agencies to develop a course that would support it's like that starting point for young people um and for young women predominantly um that's where i think that sounds great because i think like I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening who echo some of your frustrations about what some, not all, what some employability work has, has became, you know, very kind of certification focused or very much about, you know, qualifications or piece of paper, which are important, you know, exactly. for, a lot, for a lot of it. But I think what you're saying is if you put a young person or, or an adult for that matter on a, on a certain mm-hmm. course, if you mentally aren't in the right place if your well-being isn't great the chances of you progressing through that course and it's not about your educational capability it's not you know it's not that side of things but if you're personally carrying a lot or just working through a lot it's you can't put people in those situations and I think it's great to hear because I think sometimes that's what we're missing is we talk about getting ready for work about qualifications or funding for clothing, definitely all really important, but we, we can't, that, that needs to come after people are ready mm-hmm. within themselves, you know, so. And it is, it is so important because we all know that that's something that, you know, sadly, a lot of people have to, a lot of things to deal with, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that interrupts they're learning, it interrupts their life, it can have devastating impact on them, um, both for them and for their families and stuff. But it's also realising that, you you know, yeah, you know, as you said, um, education and qualifications are important and I'm not dissing them, but so is just living as a human. Do you know what I mean? Life is tough. Mm-hmm. And let's just learn how to, what are the learning that we need? What are the things that we actually need to just be another kind human being and understand that we impact on ourselves and we impact on other people. So and that is only going to help people be better citizens, better employees, better employers, you know, because if you can work through that and then be that person maybe for somebody else, I think a lot of what you're saying is supporting people to then be the person they needed or the person they wanted. And I think that's something that I'm sure a lot of people that have been through your service and programmes can definitely say about themselves. Yeah, and I think I think that that's really important because I'm not the only one who needed that person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and often it is about kind of seeing that actually you were that person. I didn't believe that, you know, when I was younger and, and you know, a young mum and stuff like that. I didn't believe that I had the skills to even be a mum. Do you know what I mean? I really genuinely didn't. So it was easy enough to to believe that, and a lot of things compounded that you know, my my experience of that or my um, feelings about that. And that's what happens today. You know, a lot of things, you know, and especially when they go on employability or um, um, activity agreements and stuff like that, I'm thinking, God almighty, these kids can't even, you know, they've no got the energy and motivation and the love for themselves. You mentioned there, if you don't mind me asking about um, being a young mum, do you feel like that's something that's really contributed to who you are and, and what you're doing currently do you think that's played a role within that oh, massively massively it, it's really weird because 
um, I was I had twins at uh, nineteen. Um, I was pregnant at nineteen and, and had them when I was twenty. Um, so that's not necessarily that young, but I was young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I had I've, I had older parents, I had older siblings and stuff like that, and I was I was young. <laughs> uh, and to have two of them was like a joy. Um, and I love anyone. Them dearly. Anyone who has young children or has had twins is nodding along, I'm sure, like, yep, two at one time, you can only imagine. <laughs> and I think that, uh, and I, I'm very open about this with my girls, and um, but they're 35 now, um, but I feel like um, that is something that, it's a very unique experience having twins and it's very unique having twins at young. Um, so I feel as though like that, really led me to to also create she and to work work with females to be honest like you know 25 years of working with young women you know that's for a reason before even before I created she that was for a reason you know that was for you know the young woman who didn't believe in herself that's young women who was in situations where you know, weren't it good for our, that's for people who made decisions about things that weren't really based on, it was based on other people's knowledge and wants and stuff rather than your own. So that's why I work with females. And that's why I find it difficult still to work with males because you you bring something to that, don't you? And so you bring part of you to that. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's why I've always been, always felt as though like, my purpose was to work with women. Um, and, and what, although we do, work, we do work with boys now, but it's predominantly women that we work with and have worked with. I have worked with. And what do your girls think of what you do? Well, one of my daughters works with she now. I've managed, managed to get her in. Uh, and my other daughter was trained as an ambassador a few years ago. So again, and again, you know, I'm very, very proud of my daughters. Um, and they are the reason I am who I am, mm-hmm. you know, um, and but they are definitely a chip of the old block. You know I mean, they are definitely, <laughs> they are definitely Karen's daughters. That uh, sounds like only, a positive to me. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, I. Um, and yeah, they they are just like I've got a grandson as well who probably I embarrass all the time because I'm usually in his school. Um, but yeah, I think it's they are just amazing young women, and I, and I think that. You know, they've really positively impacted on me. Don't get me wrong, do you know what I mean? It was a tough life that we've had, but um, now I can look back and think, do you know what? And I, and I did it largely as a single parent as well. Do you know what I mean? So predominantly I was a single parent. I had very good parents who supported me and um, the girls had a good grandparent. But um, but yeah, it was, it was uh, they definitely have, uh, have moulded me uh, in, in a good way. Well, something that I loved when I was uh, snooping at She Scotland's website um, was the, the kind of timeline that you've got on the bios about, about your staff and your ambassadors and things like that that I, I loved and found really interesting. So what made you just kind of do that and why did you think it was something that was important to share with people that would be visiting your, your website? I think it's, it's that thing about you, well, and you said that about you can't be if you can't see. Um, and I think it's really important for, uh, it, it, we created it maybe 2019 um, for International Women's Day. We, we asked a whole load of women that I knew and somebody else knew to come along and do our jobs for the girls' fair. 
and I wanted it to be, I didn't want it to be a careers fair. I didn't want it to be like, kind of like, well, here's a leaflet about, you know, whatever. Um, I wanted girls to talk to other women about their role and how they, how they came upon the journey that they've taken. Right. Uh, because I think it's so interesting. And the women who shared all of that on our Empowered Women exhibition, that was something that I think really, really, really kind of touched some of these young women because they were like, oh, they went to Portobello High School mm. and they've got dyslexia and, you know, and they've been depressed and they've, you know, travelled abroad and all of these things that they didn't necessarily, you know, because of that perception of if you're working and you're sorted and you've got a house or you've got a family or married mm. or whatever, that you've got it sorted, mm. which is a total lie. <laughs> but... But I think that for young women, they, they see that and they didn't necessarily see the journey that people take to yeah. that. Um, so that was really important when we created that. But also think for, again, it goes down to that value. And um, the team that, that we now have and she and will, will continue to grow um, are women like myself who, you know, not necessarily, you know, come with, pack a baggage come with a vulnerability that come with a whole load of experience of different parts of life um, and I think that that's really important because that's how other young women will see themselves in she and that's how I, I wanted the organization to be and it's it's not necessarily that I engineered that or in some way designed that in some way or you know or even recruited people like that you know, it, it seems, and that's why I was talking about the magic, it seems to be that that women and young women and other professionals and other, and, you know, through the networks kind of come towards like a big magnet towards yeah. you. And it's yeah. because I kind of feel like people want to be part of something. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be part of a family. They want to be part of a, a space that makes them feel you know valued feel makes them feel warm and cared for and fed and and looked after and important you know what I mean so yeah. I think like I what know. you're saying you're like oh I haven't engineered that but I think when you do create something with that ethos that feels like a family that feels like somewhere warm and inviting that people feel like they belong then that that is something that you've maybe by accident maybe a bit of magic engineers but I think it's something that you use have created through through the spaces of of created you know yeah no I, I, I do believe that you know like I'm I do feel like and, and again goes back to a lot of the young women that I was working with they didn't have a role model in their in their family they didn't necessarily have somebody positive some of them didn't even have mums and and parents and stuff like that so I always felt as though like you know I suppose I was lucky I had a good family um, like we had our troubles but we had a, we had a good family and I still have a good family and, and family is really important to me so it's a family mm-hmm. of not necessarily just blood you know it's it's a family of connection of um, support of kind of warmth and care and support and nurturing is what we, we want to create and she mm-hmm. He's had an event recently called Embrace All um, through mm-hmm. Edinburgh um, can you tell us a wee bit about that? I think was there a screening involved in that event as well? Yeah, yeah there was. We were in the Village Hotel. The way it screened it there, uh, very prestigious. Um, but yeah, Embrace It All was the kind of 
not the end of a project, but we created a project that was funded by the tampon tax, uh, well, before pandemic. Um, and it was called She Voices. And it was just to kind of record and support and to try and get young women and, and girls voices heard in some creative ways you know we did a singing project we did creative arts project we did graffiti you know all of that and then we had a student that came on board Katie um, and her background was uh, was women in politics and, and looking at activism and, and all of mm-hmm. that we kind of talked about um, as part of her placement what that would look like and um, and I'd always had this, uh, well, I say always, but certainly for the last four to five years, had this idea of um, creating something that captured um, the feelings of, of young women and women. Um, and because of the discussions that young women and women had, they were focusing on social media and focusing on the impact of social media positively and negatively on them and their friends and and all of that. Um, so embrace it all was capturing that was capturing um, an opportunity to to talk about that and to be very open about that and to understand what you know what that is doing to us as a, as an indi- as individuals but also as a society or within our friendships etc mm-hmm. um, and the impact on our confidence and self-esteem and so the event that we had last week was the screening of this small documentary that we are going to use as a as part of the toolkit that we've created that will um support the the discussion with girls and young women about it and saying look you know this is our wee video this is what we made what do you think about it do you feel as though like do you understand it the impact of social media do you understand you know what's your experience of that and and through the process the women and young women and the women who were involved in that project the she voices project um shared very openly and very candidly about that you know sometimes the negative impact on people and you probably you'll do it and and i'll do it you know like you wake up in the morning and first thing you do is go on your phone you're flicking up Mm -hmm. and and then all of a sudden like ages are away like an hour yeah, I mean, when, or, that, when that screen time report comes in every week, you're like, oh, dearie me, all that yeah. time scrolling through social average, media. You do an average of three hours a week, three hours a day, sorry, that is 90 days a year that you scrolling. on scrolling. 90 days. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have days, like I, I said this, I, I feel as though like social media steals my time. Yeah. But I actually really give it. I freely mm-hmm. give it. But slowly, you know what I mean? I'm conscious of it. I, I appreciate it. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I say, oh, I have to do it for work and, and all of that. But then I'm watching, like, videos of dogs being adopted and stuff. I don't care. Yeah, I made the mistake of getting the TikTok app recently. And oh. my screen time's probably shot away up. And like you're saying, cute dog videos just get me every time. <laughs> but I think as well we're really good sometimes especially over the past kind of 18 months to two years I've been like but it connects us so well to people and, and it does you know like it can be great especially in our line of work you can find out about funding opportunities people that are doing like like-minded things it can be great but I think if we were all to be a bit honest and realistic how much percentage of time is that and how much is um nosing at people's Instagram there'd be a bit of discrepancy there Feeling like what I said right at the back at the beginning is about I'm not enough. 
Do you know what I mean? I'm looking at people, I'm thinking, she looks amazing in that dress. I wouldn't be able to wear that. You know, even like, even now, for as much as I know and as much as I preach about it, I still of my worst critic. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm 100% like, as in, I'm sitting here thinking, like, is that wee kink in my hair? Like, do you know what I mean? And you just start, and because everything's virtual, it's like, you know, like, again, the last 18 months has been like that. It's been so difficult to mm. not put, because you've got a big spotlight on you now. I think anyone who does kind of, um, you know, face-to-face delivery or training or whatever that might be, group work that's listening will understand, like, normally I would go up and, do a session or sit and do a session and not give myself a second thought, do you know? Like, um, and now because you're living online, you've got this big zoomed in version of your face. And it's like that's something you've never had to consider before. And like you're saying, you can you can rationalise and shrug it off, but it's something that's really embedded in us. And I think the same goes for um for social media. You you can say like, but I know that's filters and I know that's edited. Do you know? You can try and remind yourself, but it can be really tough not to, not to compare and whether that is how well somebody's doing or how, like you're saying how they look in a certain thing or the holidays they can afford all these kind of things do you think that's something that um the women and girls you're engaging with it's a real kind of like key issue for them is what what they're seeing online yeah definitely you know like we talk about like um the changes that we had to make because of the pandemic and having to work under certain restrictions um, and having to work online you know having to work online with a group of teenagers I'm sorry but you would have got this like this do you know what I mean because you need to like young people that's if they can put their camera on sorry for for people that can't have seen the podcast Karen was just showing us a nice zoomed in version of your full head there like we all get when we accidentally turn our front camera on I'm doing the best of us (laughs) But it is that because people wouldn't people didn't want to engage with things. That's why I think people didn't engage with home learning. Because they'd have mm. to be on video with their school pals. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like who whether they think it's it's gotta be a a visual or or like just even just hearing your own voice. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You're kind of like, oh God, what am I want to do that for? Um so I think that that has had a massive impact yeah. you know on the young women and the girls that we work with but it's it's also something that um is impacted on everybody I, th- I think do you know what I mean and I think that now that we have you know we you've got kids as young as six having mobile phones and and all that kind of thing and the use of technology and for a, as a parent that spent the last however many years telling them to get off their phones and then for 18 months they had to get on their phones and had to be on every version of technology that they could um, it's been a nightmare definitely so that leads me on nicely in terms of I mean I feel like we're trying to not to speak about COVID too much because it's all we ever see and speak about but obviously like you're saying it's impacted all of us and it will impact particularly have impacted like how you deliver and how you engage with people you engage with so we're saying in terms of sometimes trying to get people online isn't as as straightforward as it seems and some of that might even be just looking back to comparing yourself to others being able to see inside people's homes do people have a space they can sit and chat confidentially you know like we take for granted that everyone's got somewhere they can sit comfortably that they feel all right with people seeing and being heard and all these kind of things so 
what would you say just the main, I don't want to dwell on, on COVID too much, but just the kind of main things for, for yourself and for you as an organisation, how it, how it impacted your service delivery and how you are now in a kind of hopefully recovery period? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, like practically overnight. Well, it was overnight, you know. It, we stopped doing everything. We couldn't, we couldn't do any delivery any, you know, all our funding disappeared because we, we had commitments to deliver and if we couldn't deliver, we couldn't get paid, you know, I naively, and I'll be honest, I naively thought, oh, it's just the flu, why are people getting off? So I'd stressed out about it kind of thing and then was totally unprepared for the impact that it had on she, totally unprepared about how, how the impact was on me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my mental health uh, and feeling like uh, I'd spent at that point, two years building an organisation and to see it wiped out overnight was was scary. Yeah. Um, so much so that I went to work in Morrison's. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think that at the same time, I was like, oh my God, if that's how I feel and I have resources and I have yeah. family and all that kind of thing, then the girls and young women and the women and the communities that we work in, they must feel it even more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they must be feeling devastated about this and how, you know, and for some people who, you know, are on the radar of social work or or, or kind of needing more in, um, intense support or whatever, that all disappeared. Yeah. And, you know, and it did disappear. You, mm-hmm. you know, they, they might say like, oh, well, we tried to try to do our best and we tried to do virtual stuff and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. People needed intense work. And if they needed intense work before the pandemic, they surely needed it even more during the pandemic mm-hmm. because they had their kids at home, they had no money, they didn't know, you know, their, everything went up, the weather was crap at the beginning, so there were, everybody was in their house, you know, people's houses are no built for everybody to be in, families are no, are no created to be there 24-7, so well, that even, itself. Karen, if you think of yourself 35 years ago, sitting with two newborn twins and all of a sudden your health is always like for the foreseeable I can't I can't come to you I can't you're not allowed anybody else visiting you know you think the what you had to have dealt with in an already really tough situation I think that's why we can really empathize with our own experience to go with that to happen to meet that point in my life where we'd have turned to and what we'd have done and at that point I think I thought came up fake it um, I'm putting my big girl pants on and I'm going to have a look at what we actually can do I know there's yeah. loads of things we can do but what can we actually can do so we created an online program we created it was just at the point where kids would have been doing transition and all that kind of thing so we created resources that we could send do and we sent over 500 circle time packs to schools and to girls and all that over in Edinburgh and Lothian we send, you know, stuff to parents to help them with school learn, with home learning. We did stuff. We created YouTube clips that were kind of supported those resources. You know, we continued, luckily enough, to work with adults online. So they were, you know, it was it was difficult because kids were at home and stuff. Like that, and try to do a group when somebody was trying to be like, I've got a toddler lying on the bed <laughs> and all that kind of thing was uh, was difficult, yeah. but. We managed to continue to do that and actually that I think saved me and it saved mm. she I think uh, at that point because I think and, and I'm sure it saves the women and the girls that we worked with 
um, in some ways uh, because it meant there was a regular contact with people. They knew when it was going to be. They knew that it was you know, either a Monday or a Thursday. You know, they knew that we got them the technology to help them with that. We got them support for like their um, internet and all that kind of thing. Um, and I think that that meant that a bit of normality was in mm. life. You know, at a time where there was nothing else normal about it, mm. that, um, yeah, that's kind of weird. Because I think that type, of, that type of group work, I've done group work with kind of young parents groups and stuff myself, and it's a real lifeline for a lot of them, especially if, you know, you're lucky enough to have the funding to provide childcare. That can be long over to that whole week that that woman gets to be her. Themselves. And, and not mum and not... Do you well, the 20s that's what they used to call me the 20s mum you're the 20s mum I used to think I did have a name at some point <laughs> I remember it I think um, I, and, and and like like what, what she does that that peer support so do you know do, like it must just be a real lifeline and even if it's that that thing that gets you going for that day like we're saying a lot of people are in a situation where the motivation and the tools it takes to to get up and go in a day can, can be a lot do you know and having that thing to, yeah. to get up for and get to. Yeah, there was one day where we, we had the mentors training on, and part of the mentoring training is mentoring each other. So you yeah. have lucky work on Zoom you can do on the breakout rooms and, and do all that. And one of the women wasn't there, so I went on as a, as a mentor because I had been mm-hmm. trained as a mentor, so I went on as a mentor. And this woman was mentoring me, and I'm like, oh, that is so hard. Like, this has happened to me, and this has happened to me, and, and all that. And but just being able to offload, even yeah. though it was probably the most unprofessional thing, but it was, it just, it created the space, but you actually talk about that because I hadn't actually talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried to keep everything going and, and all that. And I thought, and she asked me the question, how are you? You know, how are you today? And I, was, I said, my honest answer is I'm feeling shit. Do you know what I mean? And she says, like, oh, tell me why. And, and so she told, and I gave her it all kind of thing. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I think that's and so, I think, sorry. sorry. No, I, I just think that's so important, and I think that's why a lot of the time in CLD we talk about kind of like adult work and adult education work becoming like employability work, you know. And it's really important that everything else is considered because, like you're saying, sometimes we don't ask people of a certain age, like, How are you? Like, because you, you spend a lot of your time looking after everyone round about you whether that's kids grandkids your own parents you know your extended family and it's really important I think in terms of like well-being and support that we that we include women of all ages and stages yeah in terms of that that peer support that connection the same time with the pandemic is that we were all having to deal with stuff do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like so as practitioners we have jobs, so we we are practitioners. We go out and deliver youth work, adult work, whatever kind of thing we do, and that was stopped. But we get into that profession because we're people, people. Yeah. So having that connection, I'm sure, had a massive impact on me. I know it did, and I know mm-hmm. it had that on on my fellow professionals. Is that well? What can we do then? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean so? People were delivering food parcels. People were, you know, making up packed lunches for kids. People mm-hmm. were driving their cars all here, there and everywhere to drop food off or, or clays off or technology off. And all, because that's all we could do. Mm-hmm. 
because we couldn't actually meet anybody. You know, mm -hmm. we were restricted. I spoke to a colleague uh, today who was saying that for the organisation she works for, they were actually told not to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it, you know, kind of as holidays. And I'm like, what organisation and what structure do we work in that people go, Kim, what, you can't be nice and kind to people. You can't mm -hmm. help people out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do it safely. You do it, you know, you do it in a way that um, keeps yourself safe and all that kind of thing. But we get into this kind of line of work for who we are as people, I believe. Yeah. And I think that once we couldn't do that, we had to find other ways to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you get into this line of work because you are a nurturing person. You are a doer. You're a people person. And I don't think any of us foreseen a time where we'd be sitting at a laptop for eight hours a day. It's not really part. No, there's anything wrong with that, but it's it's no who we are, do you know. So and it doesn't feed us. Doesn't it no. feed our mm -hmm. our mental health? Doesn't it feed mm -hmm. our role in life? It doesn't feed the value that we place on ourselves, kind of thing. Because I certainly didn't think. Well, certainly technology is no my forty, but I think that you know I I feed off the people that are in a room. I'm a group worker. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my safe space. That's my mm -hmm. space I feel better than around people. And I just that's why as soon as you met anybody, you were like, because you just were so dying to speak to people, you know, mm -hmm. in real life. And I think you even miss the tough days when you're not doing it, you know. You're like, what I would give for a S1 group today. <laughs> you know, like what I would give. Oh, easy. Easy with the S1s because the S1s are are particularly di difficult at the moment, I think, because they've been through COVID. But mm. uh, yeah, there's days I still didn't wish for an S1. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just to kind of be around other people, definitely I crave that. Um, something else that um, I saw when I was um, looking into your amazing organisation was the work that you've been involved in uh, within Tanzania which really surprised me. Um, so can you tell us a bit about the international work that you've been involved in and just kind of how that came about? Yeah, well, again, it's it's gone back to that know what you know, it's who you know. Um, hmm. And um, someone that I knew um, was involved with Yes Tanzania and they, they said, oh, that they're trying to do a gender programme, but they, the person that they have over in Tanzania doesn't have that background and, could you help her out a little bit kind of thing? And I was like, yeah, of course I can. Can I not do anything else just before a pandemic? Um, but so, yeah, I got involved. Initially, it was just to kind of support their worker to learn and to develop her skills and develop her knowledge um, and, and delivery because she, she didn't have a delivery background. Um, and then I was like, oh, there's no way I'm walking away for this kind of thing. So... Uh, yeah, so she, Tanzania, was born uh, from that and we had the, the opportunity to take four young women and two women as ambassadors over um, in, in September 2019, I think it was. No, wait now. Well, we're a year now. Aye, 2019 it was. Um, and we went over there. It was amazing. Absolutely life-changing for all of us. Like... Oh, totally. And to actually see... Similar to how we work here and what group work's like and youth work or working with people is like, you see change. And we've seen that over 10 days. And we were only there 10 days initially. Mm -hmm. 
and to actually go in and support a group of women from you know seven different organizations to become leaders and to and to put together a program that they were then going to deliver in their organization and then we delivered with them while we were there was absolutely amazing you know it was it was like totally life-changing and for me it was a really proud moment because it kind of felt it kind of uh, what's the word for it it meant that she could travel you know that she the 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 work Mm -hmm. that we did didn't necessarily just stay in Scotland you know we could could develop this program and work all over the world technically you know um and some of the issues granted the issues that they are dealing with in Tanzania are you know we, we were developing uh, resources around self-esteem and confidence and they wanted to do ones on FGM and um, yeah. rape and sexual health and um, reproduction health and all that kind of thing. So again, it was difficult because we were using a youth work approach for that, and but we did it and we managed yeah. it. And then I went back the following year to revisit those organisations and to do another bit of work with them about you know developing their skills a little bit more and looking at gender work, so looking at work with boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing. It was so like great to see the women that we had seen previous September, to see them now and to feel the energy that they had and the, and the opportunities that they had given and um, and the young women that we had trained up, you know, young women who were 15, 16, and then seeing them again and seeing them lead, very naturally lead. You know, I was totally proud. I was totally like... I was like totally fangirling them all over the place. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was amazing. And it, again, our partnership with US Tanzania has continued because we are now like part of that, well, no part of that organisation, but part of their partnership over yeah. there. So we've done, um, we've just um, remotely supported a new, sort, a new a group of leaders, boys and girls. We've worked okay. with our gender programme, We've worked with or different organisations, disability organisations, organisations that work on the street with young people in uh, Tanzania, um, organisations that work just predominantly with women and girls and um, sexual abuse survivors. And so from that point of view, what we can do is transferable. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and I think that that's something I suppose over the next year we will look at and she is how do we support that in Scotland how do we support that leadership that kind of growing our own as I fondly call it um so that we do have this army this like army mm-hmm. of young women that and women who are making change happen from themselves but also for other people mm-hmm. so and- I was just going to ask, what would you say? Because it sounds like a really enriching, amazing, life-changing experience for everyone involved. But what would you say was, if you can, the key thing that you kind of brought back, you know, that just made you go, I'm going to do this differently and I'm going to try this out? Or was there anything in particular? Uh, there was a couple of things, but I suppose I was really grateful and we all said that actually we were we came back very grateful for the life that we have, um, and especially the young women. They were, you know, like they're, you know, the the things that they, um, you know, bothered about before we went to Tanzania. They were like, why am I bothering about that? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, um, 
And so we came back very grateful for that. But the other thing, because some of the organisations were sports-based, um, it led me to think, oh, hold on a minute here. Like, they're working with sports and we're working with, like, you, you, like the emotional and mental health and mental well-being. Mm. How could we combine this yeah. and um, support them to grow and to understand the impact of self-esteem, confidence, relationships, mm. all of that on why young women weren't doing you know and in Tanzania it's less thing than, than it is in Britain certainly in Scotland about taking part in physical activity it's mm. crazy the statistics now about young girls and that not yeah. wanting to take part in physical yeah. activity there's some really that, good um, there's some really good things like Girl, Girl Guide in Scotland to Girl Guide yeah. in UK some really interesting research just in case that's kind of up anyone's street around you know, as soon as um, young women hit, hit puberty and it just it just gradually gets lower and lower and lower. Um, and and the impact that has your mental health and well-being, I, I don't know about you, but I'm like, especially the whole working from home thing, I'm like, I need out a walk and I need to go and exercise. Just for, for the endorphins alone, you know? So you think if you yeah. can link that in and, and create, create that as a safe space where women see themselves and see something that they, they can enjoy. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the biggest things. We've now went into partnership with active schools in some areas, okay. uh, Dundee and Fife and Edinburgh, where we're actually, because they have a leadership programme in active schools, so they um, support young women and, and young people to take their, uh, you know, their sports base and their sports knowledge and their sports expertise to then deliver activities, sports activities for uh, young people and children. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we're, our example of Tanzania is that actually need the other end of it as well, because you are going to get people who are really good at football and really good at netball and all that kind of thing. And they are, they've got a confidence level in their sport, but mm -hmm. actually, have they, have are they confident? Are they confident mm -hmm. in the class? Mm -hmm. Are they confident in their relationships? You know, so let's work on confidence and let's see how that develops. Um, so that's really interesting. That's the biggest thing that's came out of Yes Tanzania is that connection to physical well-being as well as mental well-being and that's mm. where our mind body and soul program came from um, mm. was to look at these three different areas um so that you you saw the connection you know mm. to it is, is really important this is quite a big um question but i feel like it links in with, with some of that chat is just um what do you feel are the key challenges for women in scotland today not 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 a huge question at all do you know <laughs> To summarise, oh, well, I found it really difficult to summarise, actually, when I was thinking about this question. I thought I could have did a dissertation on that. <laughs> but I think that there's there's the same challenges that there was when I was when I was young. Do you mm. know what I mean? There's still poverty. There's still discrimination. There's still health inequalities. There's still an unequal society. And there's still sexism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and add into that, the disintegration of the state support, um, the health service, which has many different strains, the lack of family connections, you know, people dispersed all over the, the world and or just the city and not having a proper home, you know, the rise of social media. You did say this was a big question, didn't, didn't you? <laughs> um, add to all that, and I think there are many, many different challenges, and some of them are too big. How have we got to deal with poverty? Do you know what I mean? Like, seriously? Uh, like, you know, the world leaders can't deal with poverty. Mm -hmm. Never mind any of us. Um, but I think 
one of the challenges which I think I spoke about earlier is, and it's something that I think I can do something about, you can do something about, and we can do something about, is how the challenge of kind of ourselves, our biggest challenge is probably ourselves and our disbelief about our qualities and our skills and our confidence and our self-esteem and, you know, just supporting individuals with these small challenges is the most important thing that we can do. Mm. You know, uh, whether it's spending time with somebody or giving them an opportunity to just to talk through some things or just to kind of greet if they needed to greet um, or encourage them to stand up and speak in front of their peers or they're, they're maybe weird things when it comes to challenges, but they're just as important as the bigger Mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's, you have to start with self and you Mm -hmm. have to start with individuals and where they're at. You know, always reminds me, Comed, when you talk about that, like working with people where they're at. Um, But, and I think that that's, that's one of the biggest things that we can do as an organization and as an individual is to support, you know, like thinking about the women that I'm working with at the moment, like looking for adequate childcare so they can return to education or just to, mm-hmm. as you said, have some time with themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like seriously, like just because you're a mum or a parent doesn't mean that you have to be 24 seven on call yeah. and, um, or just the young, the wee girls that are six and worrying about what they look like and what they look like in leggings and you know their thigh gap and all that I'm like what the hell world do we live in that that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing for them and getting them to see that actually they're they're all things they're all different things and we're all different and we're all we all bring something you know Mm -hmm. um and I think just trying to support that we voice positive voice Mm -hmm. inside our head to be louder Mm -hmm. than the negative one Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of self-critical way that we can all go into that and spiral mm-hmm. um, and to silence that a little bit. I, I, think think that's that's such, I think that's such a great point because, some, I mean, that negative voice is, is never going to completely go away because sometimes we, we need it in terms of, like, risk and, you know, we maybe need that mm-hmm. way something there that goes, oh, hold on, or what about this? But it's about making sure that's not the booming, overpowering voice within you, you know, it's about that positive voice that knows you can do this, this is what I'm capable of. Um, I think that's that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, I think something as well that, that came from, the sad thing is that the, the situation in the pandemic over the past few weeks has been that it's really exacerbated in the inequality for women that already exists in terms of, you know, the brunt of care responsibilities, the poverty, the access to education, access to childcare, all these things. But something actually that we can maybe turn on its head is the recognition, you know. So actually for once we've sat down and went, oh no, actually we can see it here. It's, it's actually there on a bit of paper in black and white that women suffer more because of poverty, because of this, because of care and responsibilities. And even that confirmation for women sometimes to go, actually, this is a lot that I do take on a lot, you know, and like you're saying, go and everyone's entitled to to rest and time with themselves and the power that can have. And I think that that's the biggest thing, you know, like if we're going to learn anything from the last two years, 18 months to two years, is that actually we already had a mental health crisis. 
right? There's no, there's, you know, the, the only thing was there wasn't a big spotlight on it. We were trying to hide it. We were trying to manage it and we, we just can't manage it. And then add in the pandemic, which then just threw everybody off. Um, but if anything that showed is the research that's come from that, that's the, the, the you know, even just the, the, the women's health, um, what's it called? The women's health uh, plan. You know what I mean? Even just getting that through. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what? There wasn't a health plan for women. Like, you never spoke about, like, menstrual cycles or... Yeah, 50% of the population, but um, there wasn't a health plan for us, but at least, yeah. Exactly. So we've got something now that we can tangibly say, yeah. right, no, you have and said to think, this. <laughs> and to think strategically, how do we improve women's health? And how do we improve their life? Mm-hmm. You know, as well, because if you do that, then you positively impact on everybody's life then. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I'm no anti-men and I'm no saying, you know, men are no important. No, that not obviously all. they are. But I'm just saying that the spotlight on on the responsibilities of women and the and the quite scary statistics and, and research that was shown recently that I've seen about during the pandemic and how much that will continue to be impacted on Mm-hmm. You know, because of lack of jobs, of you know, all of the other problems that women will soak up, you know, and and, and be involved in, um, that's not going to go away. So mm-hmm. if we put a spotlight on anything, we need to put and keep being that champion for them mm-hmm. and be champion for ourselves and for the women that we that we that we born. And you know, I mean, I'm laughing because my dog's uh, scratching at the door there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to protest, that's what it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you said yourself you kind of started off as an activist. I've been empowered by community activists that, that you that you were engaging with. And I think when we see how much has been achieved by activism for women, even in recent years, like people talk a lot about women's suffrage, but Again, going back to class, a very middle class, doing white movement, you know, but if we look more recently, even the fact that you were able to access funding through tampon tax for one year, which is now thankfully no longer with us, but you know, um, and even what Damn we've it, seen. that's how we funding. <laughs> um, even down to, you know, free period product provision going through Scottish Parliament, having a women's health strategy, you know, that's came from women like yourself, women in other communities who have just spent no hold on, actually, this isn't good enough. And it's really impacting. It was really funny. Uh, my, my team were, the part of the M- uh, MBS programme is doing a bit menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And you know that way where it, people like, oh, did he talk periods? Like, I'm so mortifying. Did he talk to me about periods and all that? Kind of, and that's just us as women. Mm-hmm. And they did stuff in the school with in partnership with Hey Girls. And my colleagues were saying to me the day, like, oh, my God, you should have seen the girls. They were like, they were really, like, everybody was around the table watching, looking at it, asking questions and all that kind of thing, because it's been such a taboo question mm-hmm. uh, for so long. But actually, at 55 year old, I learned that I have a menstrual cycle that went through these different seasons and different feelings and emotions. And, you know, I'm now menopausal and, and all that. Kind of thing. And I'm thinking, how did I not know all that? That was my health. That was mm-hmm. me. And it affects so so much about your life, like... Oh, totally. But just actually opening, and that's about that opening and creating that space where Mm -hmm. you can start that conversation, eh? You can Mm -hmm. have that conversation about periods and and thinking, well, how much blood do you lose? And 
how you know like if you're losing more than that then you definitely should go to see a doctor and yep. if this is happening and you know if this pain and you know having periods is not always meant to be, pe- uh, be painful one of the girls yeah. was talking the day about bleeding for four uh, for three weeks in a month i mean she's 15 year old i'm mm-hmm. like that just that would have an, such a massive impact on your life mm-hmm. and if you, you know, don't have that education if we don't educate um, people who menstruate on what is quote-unquote normal or what needs medical attention but then also gatekeeping their, their health their quality of life from them do you know um but I, I have two points to make one I can't believe it took us an hour to mention periods that's really good for me in any conversation never mind one with she's Scotland but also I'm really glad you mentioned hey girls so for anyone who's interested in menstrual justice and period education for anyone they're working with whether it's staff teams or young people hey girls are outstanding at what they do and I think like you're seeing the space that they can help you create for people it's not not just people who menstruate for anyone you know just for that that education is just invaluable they gave us a period pads and I was like seriously I've got period pads that I had when I was taking my periods like seriously that was called my period pads but actually was totally like oh my lord these are nice these mm-hmm. are like they're not like the nappy things that I think the tenor lady things are going to be mm-hmm. like. These are really the girls today were were washing them through, were putting you know like uh, well, we weren't putting blood on them, but they were putting um, black currant juice on them. Mm-hmm. But they were like and washing them through and being shown how to wash them through yeah. and all of that. Like that's that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean? no, particularly young people more than ever are really conscious of you know um whether things are eco-friendly and the impact has the environment and not that we should be made guilty for our choices around menstruation because mm-hmm. it's already tough enough but as if that's something that is important to you knowing about these products knowing about period pants and menstrual cups and whatever it is that suits you um even for even for adults doing shift work and things like that you know it's, it's such a great thing to be aware of but also um informing boys informing do you know what I mean like because or young people that are non-binary or anybody mm-hmm. just inform us because we make the choice about um sorry I'm shouting because I'm getting excited <laughs> but we make the choice of what we do with that knowledge but it's mm-hmm. still knowledge yeah do you know what I mean mm-hmm. what, what we do with that it, and it's just honestly absolutely amazing and hey girls have been such a good partner with us but um but if anybody does want a, a she Scotland <laughs> workshop on it we can deliver it you know we can deliver it to teams we can deliver it to staff teams we can deliver it to young people Um, well Karen you must have read my mind because my next question for you is how can we all get involved or how can we support She's Scotland so we've heard all this wonderful stuff about you and your organisation so if anyone is interested in being involved or supporting these what can we do we kind of need you to be our pal we need you we need your friendship, we need your knowledge uh, about where the young people are at and, and all of that. We need your connections to share what we do, you know, uh, so what we could do for others. We need your time to grow more female work. Mm-hmm. You know, we need we need women, especially in, in the sector, to, to champion ourselves and to be supportive of each other. It's not a competition and seriously let's get rid of that kind of feeling like they're our kids and they're not your kids and they didn't they stay in this area and knowing your area and all that kind of stuff and um I just want to see women rise up 
it sounds like I'm going to sing there, but I'm not going to sing. But I just, <laughs> as, a, as women and as, as educators and as professionals and practitioners and as human beings, I just want us to understand our rights and, and mm-hmm. to champion that for young people. Um, so when you ask me what can we you do for she, I, just do that. Do your wee bit. Do your, you know... You know, talking about the big challenges, but be kind to yourself and be supportive and and take your breaks and take your you know time away and and because sometimes that's the heavy challenge that we face mm. as practitioners is feel like we soak it on, yeah. and I know that you know I know that as a practitioner, but I know that is from friends and and that that work in the sector is it's it's hard it's hard to switch off sometimes, mm-hmm. um, so just look after yourself. And look after the people that you love, um, and I and impact on everybody else positively. That sounds like something we can all do. Um, yeah. Do you want to plug any of your social media pages? Where can we find you online? Oh, you can. Um, you're asking the wrong person. You're asking a dinosaur. Well, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Just search for She Scotland. It might be come up Ash Scotland. But it's no Ash Scotland, it's E Scotland, S A T Scotland. Um, get in touch. We we train other organisations, train staff teams. Um, we are, as I said, it's no just in Scotland. It's no just in it's in the whole world. We can we can work together and make this world a better place. That does sound like a song. <laughs> That's great, Karen. Um, so my last question for you um, today is what advice would you give to anyone starting out in a journey who's inspired by She's Scotland? Oh god. Run for the hills. Nah, I'm <laughs> Do you know if I've if I've learned anything over however many years I've been working in the sector, but also with she is gather together your knowledge, your skills, your support networks, your share your ideas, your voice, reach out to other people. Never, ever be frightened to, to admit that you didn't know something. Um, you know, volunteer in places, train with others, you know, um, go and work somewhere else that you think, oh my God, I've always wondered what they do there. And, and, and grow your own values and views because sometimes we're, we're so... It's, it becomes quite normal to take on other people's views and, and their knowledge where we actually need to impact knowledge on ourselves as well. Um, so, yeah, definitely that. get advice. Um, get an accountant. Get somebody that kens how to, uh, uh, to add up the figures. Uh, funding person that can fund you would be good. Um, but, yeah, do all of these things, but mm. just believe in you. Just believe in you. If you've got an idea and you think it would work, then speak to somebody else and, and get people behind you. Or come and speak to She Scotland and we'll we'll speak to you and we'll support you. That's great, Karen. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, no, thank you. Thank you for the for the opportunity, actually. Um, my colleagues have been at me for ages to do something like this. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And um, so I am I'm well chuffed that it was asked. I and I really want to give a shout out to the people who in the profession have supported me, you know, and uh, I couldn't I couldn't name all of them because we'd be here for another hour. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I just want to give 
a big shout out to them. I've really valued the input that's been put into me um, over the years uh, by the sector and by my colleagues and friends in the sector. So, so thank you. And we'll put all um, your contact information in terms of your website and your social media um, and people can get, get in touch with you and your team that way. So thank you so much. A huge thank you to Karen for joining us on CLD Talks. It was great to hear the inspirational journey of She Scotland and everything they do in their own community and beyond. You can find them on Twitter at she underscore Scotland, but you can also find us at CLD Talks to join the conversation, let us know your thoughts and keep up to date on all our latest episodes and guests. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.